0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And we have a debt limit deal. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. A deal on the debt limit. That means everything's just totally fine now. Yeah, well, you know, that's just
1: like uh, your opinion, man. Ah,
0: don't be a naysayer. I got Republicans and Democrats coming together, working on deals, agreeing on things. My gosh, nothing could be better than this. Just makes you want to sing a beautiful song. Kind of like that. Honestly, I don't know what you're. I don't. I don't know what you're complaining about. Clearly, now that Republicans and Democrats have come together on the debt limit, everything's fine. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. What are you talking about? I got Republicans. I got Democrats in the House. I got Republicans. I got De- uh, Democrats in the Senate. All coming together. All agreeing. They're sending it to Joe Biden's desk. He's going to have a big, uh, big thing, big to do about it tonight, 7 p.m., and he's going to sign it, and there's going to be cake and cookies and maybe punch, and everything's going to be terrific. And then he's going to say, hey, everybody, why don't you guys just come by and we'll all hang out together? Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Are you saying that this isn't going to bring people together? Are you saying that, are you saying that we're not going to find a way from this to work together on, on other things? They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. This doesn't make any sense. We have finally agreed on something. We should be celebrating. From Television City in Hollywood. We're not going to default. We're going to keep a cap on spending. My gosh, even Militant Michael isn't going to be that militant. I don't see why we're not celebrating. Because we all know there ain't nothing to celebrate. That's why we're not celebrating. But this whole place sucks that's right it sucks there's nothing to celebrate Republicans will attack Democrats Democrats are already attacking Republicans we only passed this because we were able to fight those wicked evil Republicans who had an even worse plan holy cow what a day what a day to be alive Tony Katz Tony Katz today Oh, dear Lord. I actually have exclusive audio of the Senate and House right now.
1: I don't know what we're yelling about!
0: It's so... It's embarrassing! It really is. This entire thing is embarrassing. Now, there were people voting for this this deal, people voting against it. We had some of those people on the show. I'm going to go back over some of that. And And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with people seeing it differently than I do. Uh, while I would have been a no vote, I understand and appreciate and value the concepts of incrementalism. You get a little bit here and a little bit there, and then you keep going for a little bit. You keep going for a little bit. You keep going for a little bit, and eventually, you've built you've built something. When you head for those those, those large swaths, you don't always have uh, you know the votes for that.
1: You don't have the votes You don't have the votes
0: ah, ha, 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 ha. You're gonna need congressional approval And you don't have the votes It's true It's true But also, the other the flip side of this is When you have an opportunity And when you have
1: momentum I am not throwing away my shot I am not thrown away my shot just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing
0: away my shower. I think I'm done with the show tunes today. I, t- I tried to get them all in early. This deal is not great. This deal is not the end of the world. Now can we focus on the election? Because policy-wise, we're still dealing with a horror show. The people focusing on solely this debt deal need to take a step back Remember what it is they're 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 focused on or what they should be focused on. Remember what it is that's out there. You have to get control back of the Senate. You have to keep control of the House. And you have to take the presidency. There's another option. When I see the presidential contenders on the Republican side, and this is about to get a lot more crowded, Pence getting into the field, Chris Christie getting into the field, possibly the governor of North Dakota getting into the field... The focus is Biden. The focus is not each other. The focus is Joe Biden. The focus is these policies. The focus is the, this economy. And I, I know everyone's looking at these jobs numbers and they're like, oh, this is amazing. 339,000 jobs. Super duper. The Dow is up over 600. My gosh, it might as well be raining puppies. Although that'd be very, very uh, a scary a thought if someone didn't have a net. Just Puppies. Like it's the WKRP Thanksgiving episode. Just falling out of the sky. You see, you think it's great, but not really. There is a lot to these numbers and things people aren't looking at. Economist Dr. Matt Will from the University of Indianapolis will join us in a little bit to further break it down. The border, China, the economy. Stay focused. And there's a part of me wondering... Whether or not Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, has got this figured out, there is a part of me that wonders whether or not Kevin McCarthy understands what he's looking at. I, I it didn't bother me that he was going to be Speaker of the House. It didn't bother me that it took the votes and, and all this, this kind of jazz. It bothered me that McCarthy to me wasn't a strong enough cat. And of course, in the start of his speakership, is that the way you would describe it? So far, so good. Until this kind of moment, but only half and half. If one is to argue that you had to get legislation through that was going to get through the Senate, then you had to go back and say, all right, let's negotiate. And that the first bit of legislation that you passed, which was a clean debt limit increase, was nothing more than a, a, a bargaining chip, if you will, a place to start from to show your power. Guys, we already passed this. You want to talk? You're going to have to do some giving. What you will hear in the next couple of weeks is how Joe Biden actually did give. Right now, what you're hearing is that somehow... We all didn't notice that, uh, what's his name, Joe Biden? Joe Biden is somehow some really good uh, president. That Joe Biden is actually low-key good at this. I mean, this this is exactly the point Joy Reid made.
1: They are bright. They are tough negotiators. As for Kevin's House Republicans, the 71 MAGA Republicans who voted against the bill are still mad that they didn't get to kick the pores and that Kevin had the audacity to cut a deal with Biden at all. And even this not-so-bright crew can see that he got out-negotiated, and that is because Joe Biden actually is effective at doing this job in a low-key way that is light on bragging but heavy on delivering for the American people.
0: If you were to speak to people on the political right, they'll say, "Well, whoa, whoa, cap on spending, 1% increase, uh, didn't, uh, still an increase in defense spending. What is the out-negotiated here? The political rights argument is that they didn't take enough. Not that they actually got too little. The political rights argument is you can't have an open-ended cap on the debt ceiling. McCarthy's argument is, we're the ones who are going to control spending. You have flat spending in 24, a 1% increase in 25. And if not all the appropriations pass, you get 1% of a cut. And then you helped engage some of the work reforms. You're forcing people, hey, you're able-bodied person, you got to be working before you get assistance, which is a rational point of view. Joy Reid doth protest too much. But for the political right, you should have gone for more and you should have flexed more muscle. That much is true. I think we can agree that that's where the feeling is. But if you want to argue that the effective speaker gets things done and then moves on to the next battle, well, what if Kevin McCarthy does actually understand it? What if Kevin McCarthy is already on to the next battle? What if Kevin McCarthy is reminding us that the job is to win? And sometimes you don't win 100%. You win 62%, sometimes 53.4%, but you win and you keep going. Remember, if Republicans didn't win the House, none of this would have taken place. The debt limit would be absolutely gone, and we would be in spending hellscape. You're not going to get me to disagree. We spend too much. Democrats spend and Republicans spend slower, and that is no way to run a country. We're all on the same page.
1: Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son.
0: What if McCarthy's on to the next fight? If we've learned anything from the political left, and even if you're on the political left, plenty of people are on the political left, listen to the show. Some because they hit my guts. Some because I honestly uh, address the situations. And honestly, I'll take both because it's ratings, baby. And that's kind of what we do here. Um, the The objective is to build on successes. The objective is to get the next thing done. The thing that we've learned from the political left As Michael Walsh, uh, the author of uh, The Devil's Pleasure Palace and The Fiery Angel, which are incredible books about the the collapse of Western civilization and the the push from the Marxists, he was the editor of the book Against the Great Reset, which is really some fantastic minds coming together uh, for for a, a, a really smart topic. He's, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I always get the paraphrase wrong, but the concept I get right. The political left never stops, never rests, never sleeps, never quits. If you've ever noticed, the left always has another piece of legislation. They always have another thing, another subject, another story, another rationale, another theory. We were all minding our business, trying to figure out what the bloody heck these people are talking about with DEI. And then they said, oh, by the way, no more gas stoves. We were minding our own business. You were just sitting there sipping your tea, saying, look, I'm sorry, but DEI looks like a whole bunch of racism to me. And they said, oh, by the way, no more gas stoves. And you were like... What the hell happened? I'm sorry. No more gas stoves? Oh, yeah. We're past that. Anyway, you have to let children decide their own gender. And if they want to have mutilation surgery, that's totally fine. Can we go back to gas stoves, please? Oh, sure. You want to fight a culture war, Republican? That's what happened. That's what happened. It's the craziest stuff you ever saw. But you notice how quick they move. What if... We finally are in a place that has a speaker and a leadership that understands that you got to move. You don't get it all. And we should be clear. I agree with, I think, the majority. Maybe not the totality of you, and that's cool. I, I love the fact that we have different viewpoints on these things. Uh, that we didn't get it all. We didn't, we didn't get enough. I would have been a no vote on this legislation. But what if they're moving on to the next There was this, I can't find it, and it's killing me. Kylan, if you can find it, I will give you a nickel and a donut because it is National Donut Day. Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, and he was speaking, I think, yesterday. And what he said was, I don't know why anybody is so down on this. This is amazing. Look at what we just got done. Look at what just happened. If we could do this, what else can we do? There is nothing we can't get accomplished now. So we should we should get at it. We should absolutely be thrilled and excited. We should be we should be jumping for joy and on to the next thing and bring everybody with us. I heard it in passing. You ever have one of those moments where uh something so uh, you, you, you saw something at the corner of your eye but it, it sticks in the back of your head the the this is uh do you know malcolm gladwell uh, the author a tipping point is malcolm gladwell so he has a book called blink and the concept of blink is you know in your gut something is off even if you don't know why it's off And it's people who can look at, like, for example, artwork, great works of art. And, all right, it's a great work of art. You tell them it's a great work of art, and and something's off. How do they know it? How does the gut know it? How does the soul know it? How does the the body know it? And, And it's almost like when you, that's what it is. I heard this. And it has been in the back of my head. I went to sleep with this thought. I woke up with this thought. It has been in the back of my head, burrowing like whatever that thing is that used in Wrath Has Kevin McCarthy figured out the fight? And the answer is, you don't always get it at the first bite of the apple. You just keep biting at the apple. The answer is, maybe. I will share that that audio with you. We think we found it. I'll get it to you in a little bit. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. For the sake of clarity, Joe Biden fell down, and then he had a hard time getting back up. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And the new book, Let's Go Barbecue, the perfect Father's Day gift. Buy that at Amazon.com. It is recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. Thrilled with how the book came out. So much to learn from it and to enjoy it. Honestly, just leave it in the bathroom, and it will provide hours and hours of educational fun. Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. Uh, He was speaking to uh, the Air Force, Air Force cadets. He turned, he tripped over a sandbag, he fell. That's what happened. And then he had trouble getting up. He didn't stumble. He didn't have an oopsie. He fell. And I don't know why the Associated Press and others don't just say it like that. He fell. You know, I have been going over uh, from, from yesterday... This conversation about uh, Representative Lauren Boebert, Representative Jim Banks, they missed the vote. They missed the vote Wednesday on the debt ceiling. I'm like, how do you miss the vote? I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. And I'm, I'm more and more bothered by it. But I haven't seen a statement to my constituents. I missed the vote. I mistimed this. It's totally my fault. I apologize to you. What's wrong with that? I don't understand why I haven't seen it. From, from, I haven't, Maybe it's out there and I've missed it. I have not seen it from either candidate. I think it should be seen out there. When the press tries to f- like cover for him, we see it. He fell and he couldn't get back up without the help of three people. He couldn't get back up. He tried and he couldn't do it. There is a conversation about age. Which brings into uh, co- the conversation the entire uh, Donald Trump town hall yesterday... On Hannity, which was more of the same, but the conversation about Biden's age is a really interesting one because it 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 shows that Trump has unique capacity to understand when he shouldn't engage a subject because it'll hurt him. He has it. The question is why doesn't he always use it? And then there's Ron DeSantis the whole winner conversation
1: did you did you hear this I've got a long last name a European name Steinhauser there's been some confusion over your last name and the pronunciation and I'm just wondering to correct the record what is it oh this is ridiculous these stupid things listen the way to pronounce my last name winner
0: he did not just do that oh Governor DeSantis <laughs> you, that was not good Not good. Is this economy good? Dr. Matt Will is here to explain it coming up. So those job numbers, when you take a look at them at the first, man, do they look impressive. 339,000 jobs. 339,000 jobs created in the month of May. That That looks wonderful. That looks great. That looks like everything we should be super excited about. We can get going with, and finally, this economy is back and moving in the right direction. My gosh, Joe Biden's a genius. Hold on, wait, wait. What? What is that? That's just... No, it's 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 not good. It shows that the economy isn't cooling. And is anybody looking at the productivity numbers? Oh, oh, gosh, no. That would that would involve uh, spoiling the narrative. Now, now, wouldn't it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's good to be with you, and yes, the new book, Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com, the perfect Father's Day gift, that's right, I'm hawking my book, Let's Go Barbecue, Amazon.com, recipes, tips, and tales from the pit, get it today for Father's Day, Let's Go Barbecue. I bring in the economist, Dr. Matt Will, from the University of Indianapolis, look, If everything, sir, that we have seen from Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve is meant to cool the economy, bring things down a bit, bring down that inflation, get things to a relaxed spot, the job numbers show that that's not working. It's counterintuitive for a lot of people because you see 339,000 jobs when I think the estimate was only 100 some odd thousand and people say, all right, people are getting back to work. This is great. Explain to me why
1: it's not great. Well, Tony, it's not terrible, but it's not great. I mean, can anybody read the report? Does anybody read more than a headline? I'm just asking the question for a friend of mine, and I think the answer is probably no. If you read the report, you find out a few things. First of all, unemployment went up from 3.4 to 3.7. Wages are up 4.3%, but inflation is up 4.8%. So people made more money, but they still got a lower standard of living. Let's emphasize that, Tony. Everybody this last month had a lower standard of living. And then if you go sector by sector, Tony, let's look at that. Can we spend a moment and just say, if you look at the growth in jobs, it was slower than last year in construction, manufacturing, transportation, leisure, total goods production, technology. In fact, technology dropped last month. The only groups that grew, Tony, the only two, ready for the shocker, government, and retail so when you go okay. to, to have your dinner tonight they don't have enough labor and the government is growing faster than last year let's take a
0: a, a, a deeper look at this right here this is uh, from uh the bls uh r- reports non-farm business sector labor productivity as you're talking about productivity sir decreased 2.1 percent in the first quarter of 2023 Uh, And as output increased 0.5% and hours worked increased 2.6%. My God, that's a massive level of gobbledygook right there. When you talk about the, the the output here and the drop here, you looked at these jobs numbers and immediately took yourself to what they released yesterday in these productivity numbers. The productivity numbers come from where? And they should tell the
1: American public what? The productivity numbers come from the same place as the unemployment report. The same, you go down two lines on the government website. Productivity, Tony, is how much you produce per hour of labor. Now, we're not going to include you because you produce off the charts. But the economy as a whole last quarter, 2.1% less. Tony, last year, last year, you and I, people in this economy, produced 7% less. Tony, I went back in history, I couldn't find a year. In the history of this country, since we started keeping this data, where productivity declined. Every American citizen is producing less. That's not natural, Tony. We improve. We're more efficient. We're producing less. That is a problem, and that's a problem of government directly related to this White House, and we can talk about why, but that's a problem. You discussed the idea of producing less, but we still haven't gone over
0: why these jobs numbers aren't good. So we have more people going to work. Why am I not, just as a baseline, not cheering that? I get that the unemployment number can be up, but the unemployment number can be about people who have dropped off the rolls, can be about people looking for more employees, so the imp- unemployment number could go up. There, there's a series of things that can affect that. Why overall am I not cheering this number? Why is it a half, gl- glass half
1: full and glass half empty situation? Well, Tony, the reason the unemployment rate went up is because less people are in the workforce. We're not improving the number of people that are looking for jobs. There is are still the same percentage. Since Biden's been in office, we've seen a record decline in the number of people participating in the workforce. They're not going back to work. So you talked about the debt deal, and you've been talking about that on your show. But the reality is it did nothing to fix the problem. We're still spending the same amount that we did before. All we did was say, oh, well, you know that money we didn't spend? For COVID, really? Well, we're not going to spend it. But there was no cut in spending. So money is still getting in the hand of the consumer, Tony. It's just not a direct subsidy for rent or wage subsidy. Instead, it's going through a subsidy for windmills, and it's going through a subsidy if you buy some green energy product, you get a tax credit. The money's still flowing, Tony, from the government. It's flowing massively.
0: The, the $30 billion that you're referring to was a clawback that came in this debt limit deal that just passed the Senate, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, as we talk about these jobs numbers. But I want you to get much more base with me. I want to get much more to this common denominator. 339,000 jobs when you only anticipated 100 and some odd thousand jobs. Tell me in a sentence in the elevator pitch for
1: Everybody, why is it not good? <laughs> why is it not good? Because Meta, Goldman Sachs, Amazon, Grant Thornton are cutting jobs. Red Robin Hamburgers is hiring. That's why it's not good.
0: You see, now that's an understandable thought. I mean, this is is the problem. We are so into the manipulation of the numbers. We're so into the manipulation of the data. We don't break it down into its thing. I don't mind a job at Red Robin. Yum. I love bottomless fries, sir. Your argument is, is that where we're getting the cuts from where the companies that are shedding, the cutting companies that are losing are a greater indicator of the problem than the companies that are hiring. But I would go the other way. If the Red Robins of the world are hiring, doesn't mean that mean that people across America have more expendable income and feel more comfortable going out and spending that, even with prices, food prices, especially uh, uh,
1: restaurant food prices, higher than ever? Uh, let me say this again, Tony. You have more money in your pocket by 4.3%, but inflation went up 4.8. You can't print money in your way to prosperity, and that's what's happening. Less you, Yes, Tony, you have more money in your pocket, but your standard of living went down last month, and it went down the month before, and it's been going down every day since President Biden took office. Can I tell you, we've had this conversation
0: before, you and I, uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, Uh, where where i've said that i get the things are bad i feel it and i see it and i'm aware of it i'm aware of it in my sponsors and everybody else yet when i go to a restaurant it's full and yet when i go to the mall i see people shopping and i have been unable to really on a regular basis square that circle i cannot figure out how those two things mesh and come together But lately we're starting to see some signs. We have talked about it when it comes to the automotive industry. We haven't seen new cars. So that led to pressure on used cars going up because that was the only car market. Then since we had no new cars, we don't have enough used cars. And now people aren't buying used cars because the interest rates are so high and they're actually fixing the car they have. We're also seeing this in the cigar world. You know that that's part of what I do with my Eat, Drink, Smoke show. Imports are down because of supply chain and because people who have gone back in a post-COVID world don't have the time to smoke cigars. So that's going to have an effect on that industry as well as, as, well as we've seen price increases in that. So is everything that I'm seeing about people still utilizing a luxury good, they're still in, in the, 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 the restaurants, they're still there. This is a false positive. This is people thinking they have more money in their pocket and not yet realizing what many of us have already seen. This is turned the other way. And this recession conversation
1: is is not only in front of us, we're in it. Well, Tony, also add one other thing. We are still living in a post-COVID rebound. We still don't have the number of retail businesses we had before COVID. We don't have the number of restaurants we had before COVID. So when you go out and you see all this activity, it's not because there's demand it's because there's shortage there's shortage of restaurants there's shortage of retail workers there's shortage of places for you to spend your money that's a don't confuse the two no no no, no. i think i
0: think that's a that's a, that's a super good take and, and we've talked about it in in terms of of a series of things how many more uh jobs would be out there if the amount of businesses that existed in 2019 existed uh yes. today you're, you're, that's that's the argument you're making
1: Yes, and 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 there's data to show this. Anyone can go to to Yelp has a lot of interesting data on this, and they do research on business openings and business closings. It's easy to find.
0: Now, I I, I must ask. Uh, Wayne asked this question, uh, leaving me a comment. People are finding a second job to make ends meet. Being overworked isn't creating a job. Now, I I I I, I that second part we can agree or disagree uh, about. But is what we're seeing in the job market uh, a relationship to
1: second jobs to make ends meet because of the inflationary pressures? Um, no, not necessarily, Tony. I, I don't. I mean, yes, there's a second job issue involved in the whole equation, but I think what you're really seeing is people just not back in the workforce. Uh, you know what? I know this is a, maybe a little off topic, but we've seen that a lot of people who had layoffs during the the pandemic have said, "Oh, look." I can survive with a one-income household. Our standard of living is lower, but we like the fact that, that the mom or the dad is home with the child. And so I think we've seen a shift in the socioeconomic environment that we didn't see before the pandemic. In that same
0: conversation about a, a, a shift, because I believe that that is absolutely true, just like businesses have been shedding people and saying, wait a second, we could survive without all this bloat. And people I think have watched, for example, Twitter, for example, and all the people Elon Musk has gotten rid of It said, they can still survive and they can still thrive. And th- okay, maybe we can do more with less a, a, as well. But the 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 thing that you brought up earlier... Was about the productivity, and that was the number that you were really looking at. That came out on Thursday, and nobody talked about. It. Of course, the debt ceiling deal uh, took all the uh, oxygen out of the room. The productivity numbers, as you see it, are, are are the ringing bell we should be listening to. Go through it
1: again. What does it tell you, and what do you think it means for the future? Well, Tony, we, every month, is, every time this comes out, I mention it, and nobody ever covers it except you. Um, What it is, is how much you and I produce per hour of labor. And you have computers, you have word processors, you have cars, you have better transportation, you have better technology. All of history, we are more productive today than we were last year. You and I produce more per hour of labor. Under President Biden, the first time in the history of this country, we are producing less. Last year, it was 7% less. That's because the government is getting in your business They're regulating you. They're telling you you can't have a car. Tony, what is happening this year? You've seen the government is forecasting rolling blackouts for about 80% of the population. Why? Because on day one, President Biden signed executive orders reducing the amount of energy in in the economy. So the president has said, I want you to be less productive. I want you to have less energy. So we are going to have rolling blackouts. Thank you very much, President Biden. So now uh,
0: th- this takes us to what to expect. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of, uh, of Indianapolis, um, wh- what is what does twenty twenty three uh, and into twenty twenty four look like? I know it's it's prognostication that's not your 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 game, but. When we take a look at these numbers today, the markets went up. You often discuss the fact that these are nothing more than than uh, drug-addled uh, you-know-what heads, and they don't actually pay attention to the to the real uh, situation. But you also discuss how markets sometimes bake these realities already into the price of things. Has the market fully understood? Do you believe that it fully understands where this uh, economic upheaval is, where this lack of productivity is, and where it's going?
1: Tony, you can't ask 20 questions and expect a 30-second answer. I can. I can. It's part of my charm. Um, First of all, the market's going up because of AI and NVIDIA. Um, There's a whole new productivity from the private market that's causing the market to go up. That's a good thing. That will continue. But the regulatory environment is not going to change. I don't forecast the future, Tony, but I know cause and effect. And I know that this uh, administration is going to continue to harm productivity, and you're going to see it all throughout the next year and into the, the following year. You know, you know, Lindsey Graham is a guy that's always said, you know, elections have consequences. Well, guess what, people? You've lost a bunch of elections to people who are are socialists, in essence, and you have this high regulatory environment. And this is what you get. And it's not going to change. The question was whether or not the markets have it baked in.
0: Are the markets engaged right now in a way that makes you feel like, yeah, they know the productivity is down and will be down and these prices make sense, or do they not have it baked in and we expect prices to go down in the markets even further?
1: No, Tony, it's both. The markets have it baked in because they see bad regulation, they see bad government spending, they see bad productivity. That's true. But they also bake in other things, like AI. I can't emphasize enough that the private economy is so powerful and robust, it can overcome government obstacles. So why? You, what you're seeing is that the, the market is saying, yes, bad productivity, bad regulation, bad spending, but good AI, good new technology development, good other things happening in the economy that grows the economy. I love capitalism, Tony, because capitalism thumbs its nose at government and says, we're going to work our butts off anyway and do better. Dr. Matt
0: Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you as always. More is coming up.
1: I'm Tony Katz. The Republicans joined by three senators from outside your party to kill President Biden's student loan handout. But, you know, the president's just going to veto it again, right? Yeah, I think, yes, of course, the president's going to veto it. But it allows a statement to be made. When the president says he's forgiving students, forgetting student loans, he's not forgiving them he is unfairly transferring that debt to other Americans, Americans who pay back their student loans but now struggle with their mortgage, or Americans who never chose to go to college. Uh, But those who chose to go to college in order to have a degree to make more money are having their debt unfairly transferred to others. The president can defend that all he wants, uh, but I think it's a statement on a bipartisan basis that the Senate thinks it's unfair and that the Senate does not think you should be transferring debt from one American to another.
0: Correct. That's Senator Bill Cassidy. He's absolutely correct. Speaking there to Fox Business, we shouldn't be paying off the student loan debts of other people. You took the debt. You're the one who majored in puppetry or gender studies or whatever it is that doesn't get you a job. I don't feel bad for you. You were lied to by a system that you've bought into completely— that said if you listen to anybody else, you can't survive. And they told you there was a, a strong, strong motive for you to go into gender studies, and you did, and now you can't get a job. Although I hear more and more that the gender studies people are the people who end up running HR departments. Maybe that's why everything in business is so woke woke woke, woke. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what's going on, guys? Um, I'm glad for this and I know Biden's going to be to it and anybody who refers to him as center left, I think MSNBC did this thing well this really shows you how center left like the debt limit. Keep it here I'm Tony Katz